HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. HRN is food radio supported by you. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org. This episode of Cutting the Curd is brought to you by Comte Cheese Association. Comte, an iconic cheese from the Jura Mountains of France, favored by cheesemongers and cheese lovers all over the world. Find out more at comte-usa.com. That's C-O-M-T-E-USA.com. And welcome to Cutting the Curd on the Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host, Kara Warren. And today on the show, we have Joe Salonia, Director of Sales and Marketing in the U.S. for Gromino Affinage and Selection. Joe's authenticity and passion for cheese and the cheese community are undeniable amongst his peers. Basically, we love him. Uh, Joe's strength lies in his sales and relationship building, and he is a driving force behind the Save the Emmentaler campaign. Joe, welcome to the show. Kara, thank you for having me today. It's such a joy to be here. Thank you. I, I mean, so uh, third time's a charm. This is your maybe possibly your third time on the show? Third time in like the past eight years. I mean, a couple of those years, obviously, like a time warp. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I mean, like, I love that you've been in this community for this amount of time. I knew you as a kid cheesemonger. Uh, you've always been an inspiration of mine. I'm so glad you're here on the show. This is like, I'm just so happy you're here. That's very kind. Th- thank you very much. I mean, I've... I think we're in the Mutual Admiration Club. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I'm going to get into it because I was like, I have to get Joe on the show. I mean, I was going to have you on anyway, really. But then to see that you won an award, I'm just going to read out the stats on this. Um, amongst 4,434 cheeses from 42 countries, one of well, a bunch of your cheeses participated, but one of them was crowned the 2022-2023 World Champion at the World Cheese Awards. And... You can say the name better than I can. I know it's the Gormino Legrere 12 month AOP Sertois, but the first word <laughs> is Wonder Wonderfluggen. Am I close? <laughs> it's the dairy's name, Vorderfulligen. Vorderfulligen. Oh my yeah, god. I mean I'm probably not saying it the perfect <laughs> way, but Vorderfulligen. Okay. Yeah. How is how do you feel about that win? I mean, that's oh, a lot to god. be up against and be number one. It's it was a pretty dramatic process, you yeah. know. Um, the way this show contest is set up is there's there's a like a a a lot there's a lot of guest judges that are brought in uh i think over 200 give or take and and there's 98 tables full of cheese and each each table will produce a a super gold winner which go on to a final round of 98 finalists 
And then out of the 98, there's 16 cheeses that are then chosen chosen by the super jury, mm-hmm. which is a, I guess, a, a, a more experienced, you know, specialized panel of judges. 16, sure. They all pick their favorite. So you could see it happening. You you yeah. saw the level ups. You, you we were like, oh my God, we got through round one. Oh my yeah. God, we got through round two. You're just never sure. I mean, there's one cheese we knew was ours because the, there was a blue uh-huh. Uh, that it, no other real cheese looks like, and that was on the finals table. And there was there was a there was a variety of Gruyeres on there, and we we're hoping one of them was ours. Um, you just don't ever know really until the near the end where it's time to. But they put on a, like a like a show, almost like a like one of these singing type shows, like like American Idol or, or really the voice, like there's a final sixteen like a show where all every, you know whoever's in attendance is in an auditorium. Mm-hmm. And what's dramatic about it is. For that portion, yeah, there, there was a lot of awards given out, the golds and the super golds and the silvers and the bronze. But for that portion, you're just basically working your way up to one final winner. There's no categories at that point. And it's just all about who wins at that point. And so it's, it was just so, it was beyond dramatic and overwhelming. <laughs> and uh, I feel like the pictures online explained it. I just felt like you were like hoisting like either a huge trophy or the cheese itself with the cheese maker. And it was like all eyes on you guys like it, moment. It was the cameras turned. Uh, and when, when things were called, it was what felt to me like a chaotic moment it is a moment. I'll never, I'll, I'll never forget because to be for me, I'm, I mean, I woke up that uh, the day before in northern New Jersey. I drove to the, like I'm a regular yeah. guy. I work for Gormina. <laughs> but I was there yeah. just to enjoy the international community, meet you... all these amazing people, taste some things I never tasted. You know, bring my uh, my taste bud and visual acuity up. You know, and practice that. And then to be at the end on the stage, accepting that kind of honor for our cheesemaker and for our team, because. The cheesemaker obviously needs to make a, a beautiful cheese, but then the Affinage team also has something to do with the outcome for in order to be appreciated and, and judged. But, you know, put some wings on our feet, mm-hmm. you know, which is amazing. But, you know, it's business as usual, not too long after that. But it was, a, I, I, I knew it was going to be business as usual not soon after because we were going <laughs> into the busy season. So I tried to soak it in as much as I could. It was beautiful to get all that energy, everybody being so happy. Totally. And I mean, like, did the sales increase from this? Like, was there more awareness? So, like, people were just hitting you up, like, hey, Joe, where can we buy this cheese? Did that Yes, work? there was a lot of messages. And um, it's interesting because the cheese is, um, obviously, it's about this cheesemaker that won in this uh, in this contest. But the profile is mm-hmm. the Sirchois age. Mm-hmm. And uh, in March... A different cheesemaker of ours won the another world contest. Right. And so um, luckily there's enough of, and, and the planning around the win in March is what made us make sure we had enough for the busy season. Oh, okay. We didn't expect to win <laughs> the October, uh, the November one. Uh, and so uh, for this cheesemaker, there was less of his cheese available. Yeah. More of luckily the other one. So one way or the other, someone got, one or the other, yeah, you know, yeah. in the end, but uh, they're both we, winners. Yeah, yes, they are, and and it's it's fun. It's a fun point to talk about, but in the end, you know, it's it's what well, happened at that contest for that day. Well, no, I love that. Yeah, so you're mentioning the the contest in Wales. We were talking about the World Cheese Awards, and then uh, the Wisconsin one. How did you how do you go about choosing and selecting a wheel for those kind of competitions? Because I I know it's tasting and QA, but like. 
I don't know. Like, it just seems like they're all good. So how do you make it happen for one special wheel? Well, um, there's so much that goes into even selecting what can be, you know, Aged deemed uh, for each age. You know, yeah. it's not a random thing. There's an attrition, you know, in, in the selection process. So you're starting with mild wheels. Mm -hmm. It's really up. To, it's mostly up to the affinage team. Sometimes the cheesemakers involved. In the case of the March contest, mm -hmm. Michael Speaker, who won in March, mm -hmm. he was involved in the selection process. But okay. that happened at the Gormino uh, in our Reichenbach bunkers. So mm -hmm. collaboratively, he, he actually chose the wheel he wanted to enter. For this contest, uh, I was told the, the team chose the wheel, which ultimately was entered by um, for, or, for Urs. Yeah, and I was going to say, I, I was looking at his name online. So this is Urs Leuenberger. Yep. Did I get that right? Yeah, Urs Leuenberger. Congrats to him from the U.S. Uh, yeah. This is, uh, I just, it seems like he's very talented. He, he's very talented. He's also very humble, you know, as we yeah. all like to, I mean, it's wonderful to win these things. You know, we we keep it real though. I mean, it's the cheese business is hard. These guys mm -hmm. work so hard every day. Yeah. Right. And uh, it's wonder. It's gratifying and it and it, and it kind of uh, it's validating. You know, and it was uh, my honor to bring the trophy to his home. Oh my God! You, know, you got sure. to do that. Yeah. The the association was gonna. They asked me before I left the show, like, can we take that and engrave it for your cheesemaker? I'm like, uh, I think I'm gonna bring it home to the cheesemaker and let him engrave it like I did I was not letting that thing out of my sight I wanted to make sure I delivered it to him so it was like this direct you know um connection I feel like this is the Stanley Cup for cheese that's going on we're just gonna pass <laughs> yeah. it to each other we're gonna travel to each other's homes it, it, and pass it along it kind of is I mean it, it should be that way you know I mean it's good for every all entire cheese community to be raising over time the bar yeah cheese profiles our own experiences our own taste buds progress and evolve yep. and uh, what you know what tastes delicious now it might be different in 10 years and hopefully it's just better work going forward you know for all the cheesemakers yeah so what was the dinner like at that guy's house when he brought home the trophy <laughs> was there like a huge fondue or maybe it was summer i don't know it was simple it was like an apero in a way but with a dessert his uh his wife made a beautiful cake uh, and we drank white wine with the cake and oh. just stared at the coffee, stared at, <laughs> stared at the trophy and, and just was, it was just a, kind of intimate. It's, hey, listen, I mean, it sounds like you know your cheesemakers. That's actually one of the questions about Gormino I was thinking about because I wasn't sure exactly. So it's, what is the business model there? It's a group of cheesemakers. I, I explained it to me because I, I sort of looked at it online, but I was like, is it a cooperative? What is this? Is it like off outside of the the usual Swiss systems, like what is Gormino? Yeah, so it's it's a team of cheesemakers and affinors, but the cheesemakers are the owners of the company, right? They are the literal owners of Gormino. So it's 12 cheesemakers. Nine make Emmentaler AOP, three make Ligurier AOP. Within those dairies, there's some specialties mm -hmm. that are uh, small mountain cheeses. One of them's a blue cheese, one of them's a goat cheese. Um, and um, the collective effort since they like we want them to concentrate on cheese making so think of think of a restaurant you have a kitchen and you have the front of the house so they're the kitchen and marketing and sales and affinage the most important part is mm -hmm. done by a separate team once the cheeses spend the necessary time in the dairy which they must spend you know in the dairy but the aop laws will require you know, uh, minimum of three months for Emmental or minimum of four months for Legrier AOP before it can move be moved to either our 
either of our sellers. Interesting. So they're they're AOP cheesemakers and non-AOP cheesemakers maybe working together, or or they're all AOP? Well, the team is all AOP cheesemakers. Oh, it is all AOP. Yeah. Okay, So some me. of the cheeses that we trade on are uh, what we call, a, you know, they're a subset. Mm. With it. So we have, a, like, our, our, our line is split into two. So mm-hmm. Appionage and Selection will, will be reflecting our 12 dairies work. And then we have cheese like uh, the Sprints or the Valley Brebidou, which are qualified dairies that we work closely with. They're called our Select and Improve brand. But they're not, tip, they're not technically part of the Gourmino um, ownership. They're, they're just close relationships, and we trade on those cheeses. Oh, wow. Okay. And then in terms, I, what I read online was there was two Appenage centers. Yeah. And are they, so I'm guessing, is this all, like, geographically close to each other? Yeah, they're pretty close. Yeah, okay. you can drive back and forth, and, and, and the cheese moves can move back and forth, depending on uh, what, what needs to be done with the cheeses, because each, each, um, each seller will have certain advantages over the other. Uh, but the, the, the original uh, facility, Langnau, is the, is the capital of Emmental. It's four levels below, you know, there's four levels that go below ground, starting oh, wow. at ground level. And, uh, you know, different, different atmospheres. And then, uh, but, you know, primarily Emmental or AOP and Greer will live there. Wow. And then on, uh, and then in Reichenbach, it's what we call Affinage in a mountain. It's quite literally in the mountain. So it's 2,300 feet above sea level. It's, it's uh, 450 feet deep inside and then 650 feet below a pasture where rain can take three days to get down. Wow. It's at the foot of a glacial river feeding a natural spring. I mean, you can't make this stuff up. It, it already existed for military purposes post-World War II into the late 90s. It was the property of a private citizen. And then uh, I think, uh, you know, uh, and the reason it became a property of a private citizen is normally it's the government went on it, but it got flooded at one point. So the government sold it to a private citizen. And then maybe 15 years later, um, that, that person was, uh, you know, talked with Gormino and we needed to, a space. So it's, it's, it's quite, a win-win. It's a win-win. And the cheese now, <laughs> instead of, uh, housing munitions mm-hmm. uh, for the purposes of war, it now peacefully ages cheese. So what better way to improve the world than peacefully aging cheese? What an amazing place to visit. I, I, can't, it, I mean, the way you described it, I just... It's got a beautiful energy, especially to know that it was once one thing and now not that and more peaceful. <laughs> things happening i i i envy i have to you'll have to visit i have to get i've never been to switzerland i may have said that on the program before switzerland get me there (laughs) i don't know no it's it's one of those things i'd like to try um and do at some point oh i asked you about how cheeses are aging already in the system of it it's kind of, it's kind of, um, it's, there's a lot to it because the cheesemakers will uh, have input too, you know, Mm because they'll, they'll, uh, maybe tell our affinage team how, how uh, any problems or issues they have. They'll report maybe weather impacting the dairy farmers. And, uh, really? Yeah, oh, wow. along with the own, uh, along with the affinors remembering what their cheese was like in the past year is already starting an algorithm just for them. Don't forget, it's 12 cheesemakers. It's not like they're keeping track of 50. That's true. So the intimate, they're like, like, like you got to imagine if you're doing this every day, mm-hmm. you get bat-like sensitivities to listening tasting so even even when i'm there for a couple of days you, you start to understand how you can immerse yourself into doing this yeah um but it's still a talent and and to understand where the cheese with that extra information from the cheese maker mm-hmm. where the cheese can go or not go so oh, like, so they're communicating constantly communicating constantly about each batch i mean it's their own interest to do that right so yeah. The, the, the better we can sell the cheese at a more age profile means more money and more uh, better work. Because yeah. our, our strategy is to be long-ripening cheese. 
that's where our strengths lie. You know, okay. uh, mild cheese business is great. It's what it, it's what can keep the lights on, but it, it's a very uh, more, much more competitive, right? So you think of like a horse race or a marathon, right? Mm -hmm. All the racers are pretty much grouped together in the early part of the race, and everybody looks like they could be a winner. And then near the end of the race, there's only a few that could be out in front, and that's like as you get more aged, it's more difficult to pull uh. off. So if you have 40 wheels of Gruyere or 40 wheels of Emmentaler, maybe it could be 12 or 15 wheels that can go to reserve, but sometimes it's six, sometimes it's zero. You don't know, but that's up to, for the affinage team to decide. Once they start feeling the cheese dipping, they want to release it. Wow. The only certain cheeses that they can identify could be pushed to an older profile. That's, that's very cool. That's a great analogy for that because I think – I understand, like, for cheesemakers to age out the cheeses, it is so difficult. And, like, the, the money on the shelf concept, too. Like, so that's amazing that you have such talented cheesemakers that you can show off and sell all over the U.S. Um, how do you choose which cheeses to sell where? I know that's kind of asking which children do you like best, but I, I don't know. You have a feel on that, too, it sounds like. Well, we let the market speak to us. Yeah. So for the USA... It's important because our, our, our cheese community is quite progressive and, and, and pretty, pretty on the edge. I think we're actually, in many ways, as far as collective mm. consciousness, we, we're leading in a lot of ways. You know, we're, we're expanding and raising profiles. We're moving forward where you can almost see some, some other markets uh, contracting and playing and going into bigger giant channels, yeah. unfortunately. Yeah, and and so thankfully, they're, they're following us a little bit, and it's contagious. So yeah. we let this market speak to us, and and uh, so we'll we'll sometimes choose a cheesemaker for each profile. That's that's where we're at now. Oh, interesting. And then and then we can get to know certain customers who might prefer one or the other, and we're able to to uh, you know uh, reflect that when we we sometimes we'll even mark a wheel for them if it's even something specific. We'll make we'll carve their name on the side of the wheel and then ship them the wheel. Interesting. So you have cheese buyers that are to that degree. Oh yeah, choosing the wheels. Yeah, yeah, either either huh. just either through description and telling us, hey, you know, I want what I got last time, and then we'll make sure it's reflective of very close to that batch. Even for like Emmentaler, or or is it like more so for Emmentaler? Really? Yeah, because Emmentaler is so different, you wouldn't believe it. Like you know, and it's Emmentaler is it's a much more delicate, uh, like uh, um, it, to to get the profile because it's it's a it's a trickier cheese to sell, mm -hmm. right? So it, it's, it's, it doesn't have the same illustrious reputation as Legriere AOP right now. Yeah, I'm right? sorry. I did the faux pas right now. I, just, I you know, mm -hmm. and I know I used to buy Emmentaler from you, and it has, you have a next level Emmentaler. I mean, you've started the Save the Emmentaler hashtag campaign. I mean, it's, a, it's like a 200 pound wheel we're talking about that I remember, and it has nuances. It isn't, I, that, I know I, I sometimes think of Emmentaler as a milder cheese, but. Anyway, go on. You were you were going to say more about it. it. It's like it's it's totally different. Well, just like any any cheese, like like when you yeah. listen to your Conte uh, advertising, yeah, it's it's, sponsor, it's yeah. quite literal. That's true with every cheese. But mm -hmm. so Emmentaler, we hope isn't just put in a box like oh Emmentaler. Mm -hmm. Like it's so different. There can and, and many times it's at this point if we're doing our job right, and we're with a real monger and in in especially in a cut to order shop. Mm -hmm. It's like we showed them a new cheese and never tasted before. That's usually the experience. Like wow, I didn't realize Emmentaler could taste like that, or I didn't realize I can. I didn't realize there was so much within the category. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and, and then you even have to show them how to cut it, even because it's a massive wheel. There, there's there's the whole wheel, um, which is really 
The only the, way you should difficult. buy it is the whole wheel. I'm going to help Joe out. Don't <laughs> buy it Good in parts. Buy a whole wheel. If you can sell a whole parm, you can sell a whole Emmental. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's a lot. I mean, it, it takes even three people to move one yeah. at the minimum. Uh, so whole wheels... You don't just whole, hoist it between your legs and oh, hope for the I best? <laughs> I've seen people cut it vertically. You know, what someone, you know, I don't, yeah, yeah. I'm not an advocate of that. I like putting it <laughs> flat on a table and, yeah. and doing a proper uh, Emmental grip. So there's a whole wheel cutting... We have videos of that on our on our YouTube channel, but what's more common is the wedge. Okay. We and so we we want the wedge to be worked with. It's the it's you know working with the cheese in closest to its truest form, mm-hmm. and to get proper rind distribution, there's a, there's a way to break it down that's going to help that you know the, the the unfortunately the cheese had been put into loafs at some point I don't know why I guess to make it easier. But that's I, all I can think about is that deli loaf thing yeah. with the red markings on the side. It, it's if you're if you're in a shop where you're cutting and breaking down wheels, I don't know why you need a loaf. Uh, you know, I think loaves should be relegated to busy hotels and cruise ships that need to slice cheese. Fine, yep. okay. Yep. But if you're in a cheese shop, you should be buying Emmental or in the wedge. Yeah, that's the, that helps. And the most inconvenient thing is its size. Use it to sell the cheese. Put it on show. Put it in your case. Half. You cut medially, wrap like glass with little baby pieces on top of it, and that's it is a happening. showstopper. I mean, everyone should Google what an actual Emmentaler looks like. <laughs> <laughs> it's an insane, it's an insane uh, thing to make one of those. I mean, twelve hundred liters of milk. It, it takes some guts to make one Emmentaler. I would think it's a big gamble. I mean, moving that even as a as a curd, a sponge curd. <laughs> I'm like thinking about the cheesemaker moving that around. Like, he must have designed apparatuses specifically to move this cheese. Yeah, when you're in the in the cellars of the cheese dairy, they mm-hmm. have, like, uh, I, I refer to, like, James Cameron and, like, you know, yeah. the Alien movie or the Sure, I'll, I'll take whatever source Were of inspiration we got here. They're in, the, like, the hydraulic, you know, <laughs> like, you know those, I don't know if you're a James Cameron Aliens fan or Avatar, you know, he tends to refer, have these hydraulic, but it reminds me of that because yeah. there's hydraulic kind of, like, they're almost like the arms of the cheesemaker that can help lift each wheel or off the shelf. Oh, they'll, really? It'll like grab it and it can turn it and then they'll wash or they'll rub. You know, in the warm cellar, one of the most interesting steps is they'll 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 rub the wheel down with a canvas cloth, which is not very absorbent. Now, mm. I always thought it was to wipe the fat off, but it's to redistribute the fat that's migrating outwards. Oh, cool. So that the crust forms a buttery crust along with the brine. It's a necessary step that's just hundreds of years old. Is that like an everyday move, too? Almost every... Well, every wheel must be wiped at least twice a week in the worm cellar. This is the worm cellar step where where it's growing its eyes. Yeah. Yeah. The the fat, the butter fat migrates to the surface for for a while, just until recently on one of my visits. I thought it was... I thought they were wiping it away. Mm Mm-hmm. But they're actually wiping it around. Redistributing. Yeah. yeah. That's why that canvas cloth, which oh, if you cool. can imagine, like a burlap, it's not very absorbent. It's the point. It's did you smell move. did you smell the burlap? <laughs> it's it but, smells like buttery <laughs> bread. I mean the whole okay, room. Okay. It's, I just it smells remember. like a bakery in there, I mean, actually. I, that's the thing. Like with cheese, like I know I've been in a Pont Levec room, it smells like apples and like malty. You know, it's just like there's certain things that you're like Yeah. Malty is a th- I smell that too. It's like a malty bakery. Yeah. It's a wonderful smell. I I love it. In, yeah. in, a war, in the warm cellar. I'm going to go it's get really Emmentaler after this episode. You're making me hungry. <laughs> um, all right, kiddos, we're going to take a quick break. I'm Kara Warren, your host, and Joe Salonia's here, and we'll be right back.
This episode of Cutting the Curd is brought to you by Conte Cheese Association. Conte Cheese Association represents the Conte PDO, Conte Protected Designation of Origin in the USA. Conte is a raw milk cooked pressed cheese from the Jura Mountains of France. There, every day, 2,500 family farms deliver milk to over 150 local cheesemaking facilities, or fruitiers. This milk must be transformed into Conté within 24 hours of milking to preserve the lactic microflora in the milk, ensuring the cheese's aromatic potential. About 105 gallons of milk are required to craft a single wheel of Conté. Conté takes time to acquire its flavors in the affinage cellars. After eight months of aging by dedicated affineurs on average, each wheel of Conté is graded and shipped to market. No wheel of Conté is the same. Its flavors speak to the pastures where the cows grazed, the season in which it was made, the particular craftsmanship of the cheesemaker, and the time spent in the aging cellar. Therefore, every wheel of Conté is unique. Learn more about Conté, an iconic cheese from the Jura Mountains of France, favored by cheesemongers and cheese lovers all over the world. Find out more at Conté-USA.com. That's C-O-M-T-E-USA.com. All right. Welcome back to Cutting the Curd, everyone. I'm your host, Kara Warren. I'm here with Joe Salonia of Gormino. We're talking about Emmentaler. We're talking about Swiss. We're saying Happy New Year, Happy 2020-23. You know, we forgot to do that at the top of the episode, so I'm waking you up in your car right now. I know you're probably driving down whatever interstate. You sales folks, hi, what up to you? And we're looking forward to fancy food. And, uh... Yeah, that's me and my ramble back into the episode. But um, Joe's here. He's our natural music man. I'm going to give him a, a fun one. Joe, what's your favorite karaoke song? Oh, my God. <laughs> um, like, a cheese karaoke or regular karaoke? Oh, you know what? Let's go for both. Because I know that you do a lot of cheese karaoke as well. Oh, my God. Um, well, regular karaoke, I, I it depends. It, you on the situation but uh, i feel I, like i put i put a hard one on to you now this uh, wasn't a softball all right let, what is it what are we what are uh, we thinking i, I, I mean gonna... there was a memorable moment when it wasn't a cheese set it was a, it was a cheese crowd okay which happens a lot with karaoke as you can yeah you know. naturally but we did a led zeppelin song <laughs> in, in des moines that went over like you might have been there I yeah know. i might have been was, in the corners was, of the room a whole lot of love one. by led zeppelin it was so much fun oh my god because i got to scream kind of you know are you looking forward to des moines coming up this year i, I, I am i would hope to Find that same place, and maybe we could all be there Let's again. make a party. Let's make an unofficial yeah, yeah. Cutting the Curd Joe Gormino party. Oh, and, come on. Uh, Don't make it about me. No, 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 no. <laughs> But then I'll put you on the spot. Uh, um, see, I thought you were going to tell me, like, Sting or Bon Jovi. Well, I had that in mind, because well, I feel like that's your vibe, but well, maybe I'm wrong. Well, Sting is... Uh, we did a Sting song uh, for, uh, like, a cheese-centric a cheese -centric one. We did one to the tune of Walking on the Moon. We did... Instead of walking on the moon, we did cutting lots of cheese. Oh wow! Giant cuts. <laughs> of what? I don't know. Do you want to hear it or? Oh, well, I mean, are you you want to do it a cappella? I don't. I, that's what I. That's the way I usually do it. Sometimes. All right. right okay. Let's let's rock and roll. I'll give you a few minutes, and then you cut uh, yourself off. Let's see. All right. It's let's quick. Go. But it'd be, you know, to the tune of "Walking on the Moon." Okay. Okay. So, uh, giant cuts are what we'll make. Cutting lots of cheese. I hope my wire won't break. Cutting lots of cheese. We will... What do I say next? We love cheese together. Cutting lots of cheese. We love cheese forever. 
We're cutting lots. We're cutting lots of cheese. Woo! <laughs> no way. First ever singing on Cutting the Curd. Jessalonia cutting a track with us Come today. On. First time? No way. First time. You gotta time. make that happen all the time. Uh, Get all your guests on and make this is Come it. Come on, why not? We need to have this. Is, we're just gonna have to do this. We're gonna have to get Music Man uh, Joe here. Uh, this is a, that's a thrill. Thank you. That was amazing. First of all, also, listeners, that in my headphones was super delicious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that was great. That Thank was you. That was really cool. Um, ooh, I'm shook. I'm shook. <laughs> all right, now I'll throw it back to the business side. Um, what are you looking forward to in 2023 besides Des Moines, Iowa? Um, I hope I'm lining up. I hope some big wheel cuttings. I want. I want. I think. Um, and it just should apply to anybody selling whatever it could be big, you know, to make an event out of big wheel cuttings. This isn't just a Gormino thing. I think that there's so much behind the scenes cutting that I notice. It's like it could be someone cutting. A, I mean, I love the more big wheel Emmentaler cuttings, Briere. Um, and I want to, you know, even if it's just a quick pause, just to kind of make a little more of an announced, you know, like, hey, emphasis. we're opening this cheese here yeah. at this table. Get people yeah. to understand it because. These days with, uh, you know, especially with the ruling of the Gruyere word in mm-hmm. 21 or 22, whatever it was, I think late 21, just being that, just making sure we're flying the flag for leg rear AOP, Emmental or AOP. These, these words that unfortunately, according to, you know, uh, Virginia or judges of the USA or whoever is deeming them to be generic, makes no sense to me. I, I, that ruling was incredible nonsensical i don't understand it's like the the sense was like well it's already been generic cited or whatever word they use mm-hmm. used it's already so a generic word yeah so, so like, yeah it, so that oh so judge i don't even i don't think i heard about this so yeah in the u.s anyone can use gruyere well, on their cheese but the example they use like it's already been you know used so much in europe and in the and the usa this way so why you know it's like saying huh. well you've you've pickpocketed this person so much uh, so, so, and they didn't seem to notice. So just keep pickpocketing them. Like, mm. it doesn't make sense to me. I, I don't, I, well, I don't understand why you can't correct it, but, but as cheese people, mm-hmm. we can at least add the prefix and the suffix. Legrier AOP. It's a little bit of a word soup for some customers to be saying it like that all the time, but, sure. but at least let them hear it once Yeah. so that when they see the, whatever brand, I won't name them, these sure. other brands out there, I won't, you know, that are in you know, everywhere, whatever, whatever yeah. that you just yeah. use the word Gruyere. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's not the same Yeah, is, is the point. And, and there's a lot not the same about it. No, no, no. And I, I think that is, uh, hopefully to the consumers and people buying cheese out there, they, they, I think it's very important, like a wine label, cheese labels, you read them or you speak to a cheesemonger who they can guide you to the real deal, or at least, you know, you don't get fooled by marketing. You know, that is, uh, there's a lot of really good marketing in cheese, so we we have to educate people more and more. Um, yeah, I didn't realize that about the Greer name. I was I must have been asleep. I don't know what uh, I was doing. It's, I'm sorry. It's, it's uh, you know <laughs> hopefully we'll, we'll we'll you know as a cheese community we'll still uphold the real Greer OP, and then within yeah. that there's even homework to do about like what you like. You know the you know there's uh, different yeah. affinores and brands and and different profiles and cheesemakers to to discover. Totally. Well. That brings me to a, a point a little bit about your bio. Like I've known you so long at Gormino, but like, how did you get into selling Swiss cheese? Like I, I spied your LinkedIn and there was a few hidden gems in there. I didn't realize where you worked before. Like, oh. 
That's so crazy. Uh huh. Well, um, well, at my previous job, I, I sold the Gormino line. Yeah, that's um, okay. That's that's the connection and, there. And um, yeah. and it, and and I lo- I loved the cheese then, and you know, didn't know enough about Gormino, but but um. But you were a chef at one point, which I think is very interesting. Not well, everyone goes that path, chef to cheese kid, you know. But chef by trade, yeah. yeah. Um, there was uh, um, you know, starting a family and uh, was looking for a different lifestyle <clears throat> back in uh, you know. I guess it was around 2003. I was going to say the early aughts, guys. Yeah, yeah it, was, it seems like a million. Well, hey, it's 20 years ago now. So I'm entering my 20th year. I mean, yeah. I feel like I'm, it still feels like the first day. But um, You're still a kid to me, Joe. I mean, thank like, you. That's, uh, <laughs> I you got to... the spirit of a 20-something. I, I wish I envy you. You're, you're, you're like lightning. That's I'm very cool. immature. No, no, no. It's great. You have to be in cheese. We cannot... We are selling cheese. How serious can we take ourselves? Like, that's that's a tough one. <laughs> Please kick me if I take myself too seriously. Please Ooh. shake me, so do something. If I see you acting serious at Fancy Food the show this weekend. <laughs> Please. Yes. <laughs> shake me. Yes, something. I will. But, um, so yeah, so I'm envious because I've, I've also spied on Instagram. You have a pizza oven. I mean, you're so cool. Well, that's my, one of my best friends. Okay. Yeah, he's got a, uh, what we call the Treehouse Kitchen. And the pizza <sighs> oven is at his house. We, we're, we're literal best friends. Um, um, and he's also been, uh, you know, guest photographer for Gormino. His name is uh, Mike Franklin. Okay. Chanky Michael in production. Shout out to him. It, it, you know, it just just a play date, you know, for us. I'll bring dough. I'll bring cheese. We'll bring, uh, you know, pork shoulders. We'll, we light fires. We cut pineapples. We just play. That's yeah. our, he's, a, he's also a, a trained chef. So we just have fun. But we always seem to gravitate towards the pizza oven because it's tactile. You roll the dough. You can yep. go a million different directions with why pizza. not why not and you have great melters i mean these are like yeah amazing cheeses for that like yeah uh, we do we do play around and put em- emmental are usually uh yeah i mean, I mean I, I don't it's know, on hand some purists <laughs> might say what do you mean emmental on a pizza? i mean hey you know, there's, a, there's not, no raclette on there there's no, no there's no gruyere there <laughs> gruyere sometimes yeah raclette has to ha- i mean i would love raclette on there raclette melts like silk i mean I, I love yeah it. that's the best i mean but so then like okay now let me throw it to you sprints and nativas how do you, do you just eat those or are you just, can you, do you manage them when you're cooking? I know you don't melt them. So what are you doing with them? So sprints for sure. I will break into pieces and enjoy them, but I, I many times will grate it over like the way, you know, I'll finish a, you know, it could even be like a carbonara type. Creation. Oh, really? Oh, snap. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just on soup. Yeah. You know, just full, you know, I'll, I'll treat it like the way you would treat Parmigiano Reggiano. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's wonderful. It's full butter fat, but to really, for ours is an alpage rear, mm-hmm. uh, alpage sprints rather. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's behooves you to taste a nugget of that, you know, what with what the Swiss would call mokli, you know, What's a nugget. Mean? Like a nugget? Yeah. Oh, it's like okay. a little nugget you break. They call it mokli. Cool. Uh, or, you know, um, and you have it with white wine is typical apro way to enjoy a break, you know. Uh, but Etivas is so symphonic and incredible on its own. I, I usually just have that, you know. That's just out. That's yeah, the just, table. Just on the table. Delicious. Buckle in and <laughs> go for the ride with Etivas. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is. So I was going to throw it to you then because you're a traveling man like myself. Um, <laughs> traveling lady. Um, what is your favorite road snack? I feel like in Switzerland or in the U.S., I feel like there's got to be, like, I always have, like, certain weird oddities that I eat when I'm out and about. Like, I'm curious, do you have one? Uh, so, now you have me thinking. The last last stop I made, it, and it, you know what, this isn't unique. I, I'll usually get, like, a, a meat stick. Yeah, yeah, no, this is what <laughs> I, I love mean. him. I knew it was going to be something fun. <laughs> it's a meat stick, and, uh, uh, I mean, I think I even saw, like, 
some uh, there's different brands out there, but yeah. li- li- the last one I got might have been a, a Charlito one. I don't know. Okay. Meat stick, uh, an apple, and and some cheese will will get me through. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's pretty good. I, yeah. I, that's, For the USA. That's a USA snack because I yeah. was gonna say in France I always look at the sandwiches, those pre-packed sandwiches at the gas stations, and I'm like, well, that's uh, many layers of poulet. I think I will. <laughs> The gas station stops in Europe. They're nice. They're nicer in France. Kind of. And then kind of not. Uh, There's some weird stories I've heard from some people. uh, We won't say them on air. But um, this is is fun. But in Switzerland, it probably would be like a... A croissant or something like oh, more, yeah. or like a coffee, like a good yeah, coffee. the coffees, like not a shitty coffee. There are just so many croissants in Switzerland. You trip over croissants. It's butter city over there, you know. Do you feel like you're ever arguing about like the border, like because France is right there, and I feel like people mess up where cheeses are from. Do you ever have that, like, or or, or just is just everyone smarter and more intelligent with you? Well, I'm spoiled when I'm there, so I'm. Usually more on a informational, educational uh, trip in, in the care of Gormino when I'm when I'm over there. So I don't pick up on the whole border rivalry there. I, okay. Going back more years in a previous trip before I joined Gormino, I, I I sensed there was a very blurred line. Yeah. Near the Swiss French border. Yeah, French I mean, border. yeah, you have like Conte and Gruyere, and they're all like, mm, yeah, maybe. Sure. <laughs> um, well, I'm trying to think if there's any other cool things that we could talk about in terms of like terroir, even like, because I can't, I've never been to Switzerland. It's like the grass is amazing, the mountains are there. I mean, those photos that I see online, everyone traveling over Switzerland, it's, it's just spectacular. It, it, it really is. I th- I'm convinced that if aliens were prospecting our planet <laughs> and had this, and their mission was to make cheese, there's no way they would. S- not make cheese in Switzerland. Yeah. It's just incredible. It's just neutral there. Everyone's like, let's just make cheese, enjoy life. And that's what I feel like from what I can see from my advantage point. But uh... there's so much high pasture grass though. Like our, for mm. I, our, our eyes here for, for me, at least I'm from the Northeast. So, you know, the only time I see grass on a high pasture, if it's a ski slope, right? That's kind of what we're used to in yeah. Switzerland. You did incredibly high pastures and it's grass and that grass isn't an accident. That's, that's humans have made that happen for the purposes of agriculture. Oh. So there's so many systems that go into making that work and sustainable, which comes down to supporting traditional cheeses, Alpage cheeses, Emmentaler, you know, the Emmental, the pastures of the Emmental. Any pasture in theory will be taken over by the forest if there wasn't a purpose to keep cows grazing, eating the grass and yeah, maintaining no. it. That's awesome. I, I, I have to get there. I, it's, it's on my bucket list. I'm ashamed that I haven't been there. It's kind of weird. Um, you got to pro- uh, program it in with a, a trip that you make to France. I know. That's what's got to happen. Country. Maybe this year, maybe next year. You know, I'm always on the road and up, down, and all around. But um, this, this is great. I, I just, I'm trying to think, is there any other Swiss mentions we should give? Is there any contests or cool new products? Or, or did I hit most of the cool things that... I know you're always talking about it and you're just being amazing Joe all the time. So, <laughs> well, it's, you're making it all about me and, and, and thank you uh, about Gormino. Well, um, and the Gormino cheesemakers, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, the Gormino cheesemakers try to understand the market along with, you know, the, the team of, you know, which I'm part of is the marketing and sales team. And, um, you know, they're, they're, what I love about uh, collectively as a company is that we, we listen, we listen to each other. 
And, uh, you know, that's one of the things I, I, I love most about um, the team, where every, everybody really listens. Yeah. And so, um, you know, and I have a, my input is, is uh, embraced and, and, you know, part of that equation. So um, it, it turns out that we're, you know, this past year we've launched a blue cheese and a goat cheese. Oh, cool. And it's very, very different uh, twist for, for what our range has mostly been, you know, uh, you know, firm cow cheeses to some extent. Yeah. Um, we had a sheep cheese. We still do. Um, a Valley Brebby do. Uh, and, you know, hopefully that's filling a void. You know, we don't want to just make a redundant. Like hopefully the versions of these uh, cheeses are, are filling a void. We want to, we want to try to fill voids or raise the bar and keep things moving forward. Have, have a compelling reason. Yeah. You know, and like have something different, show it off. And I mean, there's yeah. a lot of good cheeses out there. Yeah. There's no shortage right now. Well, uh, it's just about, you know, uh, doing the work to find it and taking care of it. Like, you know, yeah. and, and so, um, hopefully we're part of that conversation. We want to, we want to remain elo- uh, relevant. Mm-hmm. We want to listen. We want to r- respect uh, all the cheeses and, and, uh, and, and, and contribute. We want to we want to help people grow. We want to give. Hopefully, hopefully, what our work is adding value to the anybody's cheese program education. That's the goal usually for us. Yeah, that's hey, well said. That amen, um, Joe. Thank you for coming on the show today. This was super magical, <laughs> a lot of fun. Thank you for having me. Uh, I'm so glad um, that you got to talk about Gormino and the Gormino cheesemakers. Um, it's always a privilege. So thank you. It's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. And, and thanks for, for making the time. And I love, I love, I love being here. And, and, uh, yeah, we got to eat pizza next. The pizza next. <laughs> Amazing. Can't wait. Yeah. So, all right, everyone. You can follow Joe on Instagram at Sting Chef. And you can follow Gormino at Gormino LTD. Uh, plus, you can follow us at Cutting the Curd and myself at Kara Warren. And please listen and subscribe to Cutting the Curd via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thanks. Need more cheese. And Happy New Year. Cutting the Curd is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. Keep in touch at heritageradionetwork.org slash subscribe.